Hi there, welcome back to our study of the names of Jesus, our latest installment in this series, and it's been a good one. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Today, we're going to begin by looking at a parable that Jesus told that is a little bit strange for us, okay? But let's look. The kingdom of heaven will be like, uh, this is Matthew chapter 25, verse 1. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil for their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and you, go rather to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. While they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins also came out, uh, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he, he answered, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Uh, this is a weird parable. Uh, and it's because nothing about it makes sense compared to our culture today. Virgins and lamps and bridegrooms. And what in the world is a bridegroom? Well, we call it the groom, obviously. But that is also how Jesus refers to himself and how scripture refers to Jesus. He is the bridegroom. The church is the bride of Christ, right? Uh, you've heard that before. It's how it's described. In fact, even in Revelation, both there in Matthew, but also in Revelation, uh, we see a bridegroom being announced. And we have trouble understanding that name for Jesus and that concept because our way of doing marriage and marriage ceremonies is kind of strange. And I say it's strange because it's different than what the entire world does uh, and what the entire course of human history has done. Um, so let's delve a little bit into the culture and understand a few things because we have to understand what they knew that word to mean and how they would have understood Jesus in that role. So with our marriages, our weddings, everything is established and developed to focus on the bride, right? Think about when uh, you're, you're at a wedding, right? And everyone's sitting around and in walk these this handful of gentlemen in suits that all look the same. Uh, you have amongst them groomsmen, a best man who we'll talk about later, by the way. Um, you have maybe a minister and then you have the groom and they're all dressed alike and they come into very little fanfare. There is nothing special about them being there. And then the music begins, the doors in the back of the church open and everyone rises to see the bride entering in a beautiful dress, all made up, ready to meet her future husband. Everything about what we do is focused on the bride. It's bride-centric. We have to understand that is very, very different from the way the rest of the world does things. The way the rest of the world does things, and has always done things, is centered around the groom. The groom is the center of it. Now, why is that? You say, well, that seems sexist, and there's, there's something to do with the history of the patriarchy and all of that. Well, uh, sure. But there are some things which are true about men and women. And there is an important role for both in the world, in the universe. We need men, we need women. We need both of them to be men and women. 
uh, and to carry out the, the, the things that are part of, of that identity. It's very important that men are present in our world, and it's very important that women are present in our world. And in most cultures, the men were celebrated in the marriage relationship as the groom because of what they provided. Because in so many parts of the world and throughout history, and by the way, we are very spoiled here. Our country and its social order is actually very progressive compared to the rest of the world, um, and at least the history of the world. Because in so many parts of the world, and particularly in first century in Jerusalem, um, if you didn't have a man, you were in trouble. Either you had a father who protected you and provided for you and cared for you, or you had a husband. And if you had neither, if your father died and left your family destitute, well, you had to find someone else. And women would have to find another husband or daughters would have to marry. Uh, something had to happen in order for them to be protected and cared for and looked after. And so this is a challenge for women of the first century and really throughout history. If you did not have a man, you didn't have anyone to care for you. And uh, that could be dangerous, especially in places that were violent or were um, arduous in some fashion, a lot of unrest. You could be taken advantage of. You could be sold into slavery. We talk a lot about sex trafficking and what a major issue that is in our country and throughout the world. Uh, it's been an issue for, for millennia. And uh, women were very susceptible to that and vulnerable to that if they didn't have someone to look after them, to care for them, to provide for them, protect them, and defend them. Uh, it, they lived in lands that had no borders, no political borders. They had maybe some geographic boundaries, but, uh, but, but then if someone crossed your boundary, you went and rounded up all your friends and you went and fought over it. And so there was war and there was battle and there was conflict and conquest. And if you didn't have a protector, then you were in trouble. The bridegroom is celebrated because the bridegroom is coming to say, you belong to me, I'm going to take care of you. And again, if that seems particularly old fashioned or not politically correct, well, we are reading uh, stories that were told in a particular time to make a particular point. And so although Perhaps our society is different in how we view men and women. It's really not a statement on equality. Jesus honors women a lot. Jesus honors women in ways that we overlook. The Bible honors women, contrary to popular belief, um, in ways that, that, that we overlook. That doesn't mean that we have to dishonor men at the same time. So as much a part of the kingdom as women have, Men also have a part in the kingdom and have a part in the household. And that is the design of society. That has been the practice of society. And the point is not to make social commentary. The point is to understand Jesus as the bridegroom. And in their context, the groom was of the utmost importance. He was the one that received the fanfare. He was the one dressed up. He was the one who was celebrated because he would come to town and he would claim someone to be his own that he was going to protect and take care of and look after. That's what Jesus is for us. Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is the bride of Christ, the scripture tells us. And that means some things. Yes, it means we have a commitment like a marriage. We have a commitment of faithfulness, fidelity. We have a commitment of service and of love. 
we also have a commitment of protection and provision. We're going to be cared for. We're going to be looked after. We have reason, church, to celebrate. We get to celebrate because the bridegroom has come and claimed us. He has claimed us. Now, in some cultures and in the past, dowry was paid. We know what a dowry is. It's, a, it's the payment that uh, the bridegroom would make to the father-in-law for the, the daughter. Now, again, that feels very old-fashioned, patriarchal, and, and not politically correct. Fair enough. Um, but it, it is something that happened. And in that context, which it was in Matthew chapter 25, in that context, we have to understand that a price was paid for us too. We were bought at a price. Our groom paid for us. And he paid dearly for us. But we belong to him now. And we're protected and we're provided for and we have cause to celebrate. Of all of the terms used to refer to Jesus, this one might be the one we have the toughest connecting to. We understand shelter in a time of storm, king of kings, lord of lords, holy uh, high priest, all that. We get that. But bridegroom is hard because we don't have that kind of relationship with grooms in our culture. So we have to understand it a little bit better. And we have to get a little bit of a grip on, on what it means. But once you do, you realize something. You were bought at a price. You have a commitment of fidelity, faithfulness, and service to the groom. And he commits to us to protect, provide, care for, love, and defend. And that's exactly what he does. I want to point out one other thing. We're not just the bride in this, uh, in this scenario. We are also the best man. You say, what in the world is it? Well, yes, we are. The best man uh, practice has been going on almost as long as brides and grooms have been around. Here's what the best man did back in the day. Now he just kind of walks in and maybe he hangs onto the ring so no one loses it until it's the appropriate time in the ceremony or what have you, but maybe he throws a party for the, for the groom. But the best man, and the reason we have that term best man, is that in, in, in former times, when the bridegroom was coming to town to select his mate, the best man came into town ahead of him. He was kind of his hype man, you know, and he would introduce him to all the people. And he would proclaim the coming of the bridegroom and introduce him to the families and sit down and help to negotiate the price of the chosen bride. That was the best man's job uh, historically. We are a bit Jesus' best man because, yeah, we're, we're the bride. The church is the bride of Christ. And, and, boy, there's some beautiful analogies to be drawn there. But we also enter into the courtyard of, of the town and proclaim that the bridegroom is coming, the defender, the protector, the one who will take us in his arms and, and provide and secure and defend. He's coming. He's coming. Get ready. Be ready. Because Jesus is on his way, the bridegroom, and we as the church are his bride, his chosen. And that is a reason to rejoice. Thanks a lot. See you next time.